This is a case that could be felt all across the country. A Florida father of four executed in front of his child, his little toddler daughter, after a daddy date night with two of his older children. From very, very early on, um, I felt, like obviously I didn't have any evidence, but I felt that Mario Fernandez and Shannon Gardner would be involved somehow. That's Jared Bridegan's widow, Kirsten. She and her brother-in-law, Adam, Jared's brother, open up about the investigation. The arrests of Jared's ex-wife, Shanna Gardner, her new husband, Mario Fernandez, and the alleged hired hitman, Henry Tenen. It's one of like your worst fears being realized. And what I mean by that is worst fears knowing the what this would mean for Jared's children knowing what this would mean for Kirsten and knowing what this would mean for our family and for just the legacy. We will also share with you how you can help. The family has started the Bridegan Foundation, a nonprofit to help police care for children in crisis. But for me, it's important to be there to show not only Jared that we're fighting for him, but to show the community, like, we're still here. Thank you for the support. We're still fighting. And to show those involved in his murder We're not going anywhere. No matter how tough it will get, we will be here. We will be looking you in your face and we will be um, hoping for justice. Before we dive into the case, I want to remind you that it's for mature audiences and it still might not be for everyone. Also, a special thank you for those of you helping to share the podcast and these types of cases. The podcast approaching five years, can't believe it, top of the charts all over the world, including Great Britain, Canada, Norway, Spain, Ireland, Australia, and the U.S., just to name a few. So thank you. Um, Please subscribe, hit five star, and write a review. It really helps independent podcasts like this one get noticed. Now to the episode, the murder of Jared Bridegan. Investigators, you're on deadline. From the Hollywood Hills to your ear holes, this is True Crime Deadline, a podcast discussing cold cases, murder mysteries, and completely random thoughts. Now, here's your host, a man who stands in front of crime scene tape and talks on the TV box for a living, Mr. Mystery himself, Matt Johnson. Investigators, thank you for joining me for this episode, Season 5, The Murder of Jared Bridegan. It's a case that takes us to sunny Florida, where Jared Bridegan, a Microsoft executive, was living with his wife Kirsten in St. Augustine, a beautiful community claiming to be the oldest, with 17th century Spanish-style architecture, palm trees, and sandy beaches along the Atlantic Ocean. It's a tourist town, and in February of 2022... Kirsten and Jared, who had two babies, were very happy. Here's more from his widow, Kirsten, and brother, Adam. Talk to me about Jared. Yeah, Jared is much more than the title that he held at work. Um, He loved his job. He ran a design team, but he was the most thoughtful spouse, um, very humble spouse, And such an adventurous, fun-loving, goofy dad. And I loved watching him as a dad. That was my favorite thing. And thankfully, I have a lot of videos on a lot of pictures of the things that he did with the kids. You know, unfortunately, London was only six months old. But Liam, Abby, and Bexley will have plenty of those memories that I can give to them one day and help them remember 
who their dad was and how much she loved them. What do you miss most about your brother? Honestly, there's so many things that I miss about him. Um, I, I miss talking to him about so many various topics, right? Just catching up on business and stocks and technology um what what's coming out with the you know the the recent release from apple um cars all all of the things that you know we used to chat about but i just i just miss that that brotherly figure in my life that you know someone that you could confide in and there's just a a massive gap i would say in in our family just with with the loss of jared um so i think it's it's a culmination of, of a lot of things, but um, j- just having someone to talk to, really. I first met Adam and Kirsten when police were still searching for the killer, or as we have since learned, alleged killers. Jared was murdered on February 16th, 2022, after dropping his kids off, who he shared with ex-wife Shanna Gardner at her house in the sanctuary neighborhood of Jacksonville Beach, Florida. He had just wrapped up a daddy date night with his kids. His daughter Bexley was strapped in her car seat in the back seat. Jared had just called Kirsten to tell her that he loved her and he was heading home. Then he noticed something blocking the road. He couldn't drive around it. He had to get out of his SUV and physically move it because the road, I've been there, it funnels into a narrow one-way street before turning onto the main road. A tire was intentionally placed blocking the road, according to investigators. And when Jared jumped out, he was ambushed, shot and killed in front of his toddler, Bexley, who was in the back seat. The case went unsolved for more than a year. Then a major break in the case. A man by the name of Henry Tennant was arrested. He later confessed and pled guilty to being the hired hitman. Shortly after his plea, another arrest, Mario Fernandez. Tenen's one-time landlord and the current husband of Jared's ex-wife, Shanna Gardner-Fernandez. Here is what the DA said after his arrest. Our investigation has revealed a single link between Jared Breidigan and Henry Tenen. That is Mario Fernandez-Saldana. A few months after Mario's arrest, Shanna was in handcuffs and fighting extradition from Washington State, where she had moved with her two kids without Mario after the murder. Her parents are very wealthy. They own a stationery company. She's basically referred to as an heiress. And they bought her a multi-million dollar house where she had been living. Recently, I was in Florida investigating this case for Court TV. Justice correspondent Matt Johnson, who has the latest for us on Shanna Gardner-Fernandez. Matt. Shanna Gardner, scheduled to be in court today for her arraignment there in Florida. And by her side, Jose Baez, the attorney who represented... Casey Anthony. Prosecutors claim that Gardner conspired with her estranged husband, Mario Saldana, to kill her ex-husband over an ongoing bitter custody dispute. Prosecutors are seeking the death penalty in their cases, which could be the reason why Gardner initially fought extradition from Washington. And joining us live from Florida tonight, Court TV crime and justice correspondent Matt Johnson. Because this is the first time that that husband and wife accused killers were in court together. Both Shanna Gardner and her husband, Mario Saldana, have now both officially waived their right to a speedy trial. 
has anyone threatened you or coerced you to get you to waive speedy trial? No, ma'am. Promised you anything? No, ma'am. Okay. I will find that the waiver of speedy trial is freely and voluntarily entered. As for the confessed gunman Henry Tenen, he has also pleaded guilty and agreed to testify truthfully against Mario Saldana and Shanna Gardner in exchange for 15 years to life in a plea deal. State After the arrest of Shanna and Mario, I spoke with Kirsten and Adam once more. You were surprised with Henry Tenen's arrest, correct? Yeah, in fact, I had never heard his name before. Um, thankfully, they let me see his picture prior to us seeing it at the press conference. And I think myself and my brother-in-law were both just kind of shocked. Like, who is he? Like, how is he related to anything? We had a lot of questions about him. Um, with Mario and Shanna, we didn't have as many questions. What's your reaction to her arrest? And are you surprised? My reaction of one, is one of gratitude and... I don't, I don't even know how to put it into words, the feeling that we have, you know, there's a sense of happiness that finally this is happening, something that we have felt would be coming, but also sadness for Liam and Abby and what that means for them. Um, so very complicated emotions, but overall we are feeling good and we are looking forward to justice being served. It's one of like your worst fears being realized and what I mean by that is worse fears knowing the what this would mean for Jared's children, knowing what this would mean for Kirsten, and knowing what this would mean for our family and for just the legacy, right? Just having that come to pass, it's it's one thing to to wait for it and to and to see where the 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 evidence takes us, but to get to the point where you know it's an indictment and there's four counts, it just became very real. And it's just, it's still very surreal for us to process. Yeah. And then, you know, to learn that the connection between he and the other co-defendants was the fact that he rented property from Mario. Mm -hmm. Did that make sense to you? I mean, it makes sense at the same time. I think we're all kind of shaking our heads. Like that wasn't very smart. <laughs> so, um, makes sense, but a little surprising. And then um, you're not surprised the fact that she's also been indicted and arrested. Not surprised. No. It has been such a relief. I feel like a heavy weight has been lifted off my shoulders with this last arrest. Um, I know there's a lot still to come, but right now we're feeling good and we're feeling positive. And how are you holding up? I'm good. Um, tired, but apart from that, I think things have kind of settled a little bit and overall just a positive feeling right now. What was it like when you got the news of the latest arrest and it being Shanna? It's so hard to explain. It honestly didn't feel real. It's like we kept questioning, really? You're like, now? And are you sure? Is everything done right? Like they can't tell us the evidence. So, you know, we just have to have faith that it's by the book. They have enough evidence. It's a strong case. And we're holding to that hope and that belief. And hopefully that'll play out that way in court. 
So they hadn't told you anything. They just told you that an arrest was made or walk me through how you learned because you were at the news conference, right? Yeah. So they had told us to be at the state attorney's office at a certain time. Um, and then we were there for a little while before we were then informed that Shanna had been arrested and was in custody. And what was that like being up there? At yet another news conference, you were there for Henry Tennant, you were there for the husband's arrest, you were there now for hers. And the. you told me once before that you it's not your favorite thing to stand up there in front of people or cameras, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not a comfortable feeling, um, especially when you're having such strong emotions to know that people are watching. Um, but for me, it's important to be there to show not only jared that we're fighting for him but to show the community like we're still here thank you for the support we're still fighting and to show those involved in his murder we're not going anywhere no matter how tough it will get we will be here we will be looking you in your face and we will be um hoping for justice we look forward to the trial and it will be very painful right to relive and to be exposed to think that there are things that we don't even know. Um, but I, I think for Jared's story, it will be important for the public to be, to, to understand the details, to understand what really took place. And, um, I think that will be very liberating for him. And, um, I think it it will help cement his his legacy, right? Of of knowing the truth and making sure that the truth gets out there because that's ultimately what what his children deserve, right? As they get older and they want to know why is my father not here and I think that will be really important for them that that truth does come out and they can rely on that and and learn about it in the future. Had you suspected that Mario was also involved in all of this? Because when you and I had spoken the first time, it was, I think it was right after Henry Tennant's arrest, right? Mm -hmm. And they were saying that other arrests and the investigation is ongoing, but other arrests are pending. And we didn't know that he was going to be arrested. And then months later, his estranged wife is arrested. Was that part a surprise to you? No. From very, very early on, um, I felt like obviously I didn't have any evidence, but I felt that Mario Fernandez and Shannon Gardner would be involved it's somehow. So honestly, Henry Tennant was a surprise for me because I didn't know him. Because it was them knowing his schedule and having known that he was going to take that narrow road and that mm -hmm. he would have to move the tire. Is that what made you think that they were involved because he had just left her house? That and just the fact that he didn't have enemies. So unless it was completely random, the only two people he had trouble with were Mario and Shanna, to my knowledge. How were they towards you? Not friendly. Yeah, everything is a fight. So when Jared was alive, Shanna would take us to family court over and over and over for what we thought were frivolous lawsuits she didn't win most of them um because the judge saw through what she was doing um and that was the entire relationship we never spoke on the phone or in person it was all via text or email so everything was in writing like there was just zero trust 
from us for them. Did it surprise you when she said that she was estranged from Mario and then moved across the country with with the children? Yeah, I don't know that I ever heard her say that, but her family's company, Stampin' Up, sent out an announcement basically saying they've been estranged, which I think a lot of people questioned because it wasn't until an arrest happened that she that that statement was made. So um, surprising? No. Did I question it? Definitely. Because also, you know, someone that had been married to someone that died, you think that when there's an arrest in their murder, that they would acknowledge it, correct? You think they would show some concern for, you know, his family and and for their grandchildren, that they would voice, we want justice for our grandchildren. We want justice for our kids. You know, Shanna could have said that. There was no message of that of any kind that I'm aware of from Shanna or her family. What was that relationship like in the beginning? How did they meet him and Shanna? So they actually met through my wife. My my wife um, were, was very close with Shanna in their younger years. They had a very good relationship and um, they were connected through, through my wife and myself. Um, so throughout the years, you know, there, there was definitely changes um, and things that happened um, and behaviors and, and things like that. And so you know, we, we haven't spoken in a very, very long time. But, but what I can say is that um, Jared was broken, right? He, he really wanted to stay together um, for the kids. I think that was his top priority is, was raising the children. And um, the divorce really took an emotional toll on him. And um, we were so happy as a family to see Kirsten come into Jared's life because she brought so much joy and love and understanding to, to Jared. And it was a complete 180 from seeing just how depressed and, and sad that Jared was following that divorce and the just the light that came back on to him. I think that is something was was beautiful to see as a family, to see Jared um, find love and, and to find that relationship and completely changed him. And so, yes, as, as we were present, um, we, we did see that light and that change in him. And, you know, he was very fortunate to bring additional children into this world. The investigation into the case is still open, and recent court filings state that there could be as many as five co-conspirators involved. Now remember, these interviews were done well before the court filings, saying that there could be more co-conspirators. But I did ask about it. Yeah, I would be surprised if there are more arrests. I'm not aware of uh, anyone else that might be added to that. So. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I don't think there will be any more arrests. I think now we're just moving on to the trial phase and hopefully sentencing. How are you preparing for that? It's going to be a long process. I don't even know how you prepare for that, right? Like we've never been through this before. Um, thankfully, the prosecution's office, the victim advocate will be there to let us know, you know, what's coming down the pipeline, what to expect. Um, they do a good job before court appearances to say, this is kind of what's going to happen. Um, it will be short or 
you know, the accused will be present. So we get a little bit of some guidance on what to expect, but it's still all new. Um, so I think we're just going to focus on holding each other up, being there for each other and taking it one step at a time. At this at this time, I think we as a family, we just expect the unexpected, right? <laughs> like we we don't we don't know all the nuances of of the legal system and, and all the things that will, will take place. I think we feel peace um, that justice is being served, even though it's slow. Um, and we have a lot of confidence in the the team and all the steps that they've taken and following following the law. So we're we just we feel a lot of peace and we, we know it will be a long journey. But at, yeah, at this time, I think we, we kind of expect um, the unexpected. We we as a family are. This is our first time ever having to endure something like this at all, right? So I think we we are very unprepared in for for what this all means and the the roller coaster of emotions that we're going to experience. It's it, it's going to be a very long and um, painful road for us to have to learn the details and and to hear the evidence. And unfortunately, we'll have to relive a lot of the things. And so I I think we're doing as as best we can just to prepare ourselves mentally to rest, to to just go in with our eyes wide open as far as what to expect. But we we expect this to be a very lengthy process, um, given what we know and um, just how complex and how how long it's going to take. So with with family and friends and and the support of the community, I think everyone is is really looking forward to getting the answers. And I think the answers will provide the closure that we need as a family. Do you want to talk to her or Mario? Do you want to talk to the suspects and, and what would you say to them? You know, I think certain um, personalities, you could maybe talk to them and it would be beneficial. For their personalities, I don't think it would be beneficial. I don't think it would be good for anybody. Um, So I don't have that desire. I will save my comments for hopefully the day of their sentencing. um, And I will have a lot to say at that point. Among the charges of conspiracy and capital murder, Shanna and Mario are also charged with child abuse. Remember, Bexley was in the back seat and witnessed her father being shot and killed right in front of her. So in light of that horrible situation, in an effort to help Bexley heal and help others, the family has created the Brightigan Foundation. She's a toddler, but this is where the child abuse comes into it, right? She was strapped yeah. in her car seat and she has experienced trauma to where she asks you questions about it. Am I wrong? You are right. She asks me about the bad guys that hurt her dad um, because that's just the general term that we use. So it's easy for her to comprehend. Um, thankfully, I've been able to tell her the bad guys have been put in jail. She knows what jail is because she's gone to police. We've gone to so many police stations. She kind of understands that they get the bad guys, they lock them up. Um, so with this last arrest, I was able to tell her that the last bad guy was arrested and she smiled and laughed and like, just, you could tell like she was relieved and that was really great to see. Um, so yeah, overall, she's doing good. She has an understanding of what's going on in very basic terms. 
as her mom, that was one of my biggest concerns when this all happened like about a year and a half ago is how is she going to recover? And she's doing well. And I'm just so grateful for that. And London just turned two. She is spunky, adventurous, and so sweet. Um, So I'm very thankful for how they're doing. Through how he lives on and also helping your daughter um, with her grief and and her trauma, talk to me about the Brightigan Foundation and how people can help. Yeah. So we started the Brightigan Foundation in honor of Jared. And our main initiative is the Bexley Box, which is a kit. You can actually see a couple waiting to be picked up back there. Um, It's a kit full of supplies for children and young victims who may have to spend some time away from their caregiver um, or without the essentials like diapers, sippy cups, snacks, things like that. So we have delivered 34 boxes to date um, when we started the foundation late last year. We have a whole lot of organizations that want a Bexley box. So if people want to help, they can go to brightiganfoundation.org, make a donation, learn more about what we do. Um, Or if they have a connection with a sheriff's office or police department and they think there's a need, please reach out and we would be happy to work with them. Walk me through again how you found yourself at a police station. And these were the items that you really could have used in that time of trauma. Yeah. So Bexley had been with her dad, Jared, when he had picked up Liam and Abby for date night. So he had taken the diaper bag with all the things that she would need. And because I had been so concerned and hadn't been hearing from him, I just jumped in the car to try to go, you know, out to the area I knew that they were in. And I didn't grab a diaper bag. I didn't think I would need one. So when I got to the police station and, you know, Bexley was there, she needed a diaper change. Her diaper was full. I didn't have any, you know, the the car was in evidence. Like I couldn't get to anything. Um, And so that night made me realize like they are not equipped to handle a situation like that. So we make sure that the kids have those things that I wish Bexley had toys, snacks, a sippy cup that's easy to drink from for young children um, blankets, diapers of every size, things like that. So that's what we do with our Bexley boxes. We make sure that they are full. We refill them when needed. Um, and we just hope that it will make a difference for other victims in the same situation. The foundation has given us something to unite with and come together, um, and just have positive influence in the lives of other victims, right? It's It allows us to <clears throat> take our grief and put it into action for uh, helping others, right? And, and I think that's exactly what Jared would want us to do. I think he definitely wanted us to get closure, right? And then I think he wants us to now take take the pain and then and the suffering and turn it into something positive and to give back to the community. And and that's exactly what the foundation is doing. This case is far from over, possibly more arrests or charges. And it's a capital murder case, which sometimes takes longer to get to trial. And it's expected to be a lengthy trial where the family will have to relive the bitter custody dispute and the toxic relationship that prosecutors say led to the senseless murder of a loving father. How are you doing with grieving? I know that you definitely miss him. I see all your social posts. I'm doing good um, for the most part. There, there are days where you just get thrown into like that dark abyss, <laughs> like just 
darkness, um, but thankfully there's a lot of light that is able to, to pull you back out. People have been amazing, you know, yourself, other reporters, podcast hosts, the community, people across the world send messages of love and light, and that has made such an impact for us. Um, just the other day, the girls received a package from another young woman, a teenager who had lost her father and had wrote them written them cards and sent them a little gift. And that just, I mean, it broke my heart, but also just warmed it so much that another young person who knows that type of grief went out of her way to reach out to our girls. I, I would want anyone listening to this just, just to try to understand the magnitude of pain that that this has caused right you're, you're talking about amazing children who are now going to be at, going to you know had to endure and grieve the loss of their father who was taken tragically and, and now you know endure a trial with their mother it's it, it's all around just sad and and we could really use the support of the community and, and the viewers just just to send, you know, prayers and good vibes. We'll, we'll take it all. I think um, all, all of us want to see the children be reunited. And I think as siblings, if you knew the relationship and you you could see the, the love that they had for each other, um, it, it rips your heart out to know that, that these siblings can't communicate, they can't be there for each other's birthdays. They can't go and and hang out. It, it, it really, really is painful because they were so close and, and they loved each other so much and uh, they will never get this time back, right? They, they, they've been isolated during a funeral. They've been isolated during the, the grieving process. And to this day, they're, they're still separated. Anyone with any information in the case, please call the Jacksonville Beach Police Department at 904-270-1667 or Crime Stoppers at 1-866-845-TIPS. And if you would like to help the mission of the Brightigan Foundation, I will post a link in my show notes. I'll also post pictures of the case on my website, truecrimedeadline.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram under True Crime Deadline. Remember to write a review on Apple Podcasts and I'll share it on the show. Investigators, until next time. Thank you for investigating True Crime Deadline with Matt Johnson. For more information about the podcast, visit truecrimedeadline.com. And remember, all tips regarding a case should go to the police. Until next time. Now, a post-episode shout-out to investigators who wrote a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Um, this one is Diet Betfan, who writes, Love! Exclamation mark. Such a great insight from a journalist, a dedicated journalist. Bravo. The next one from Jen Flyan. It says, Yes! Exclamation mark. Matt's professional journalism approach and his humanity make it a standout true crime podcast. I especially appreciate the mix of unsolved and solved cases. Again, writing reviews really helps independent podcasts like this one get noticed. Thank you, fans. Thank you very much. And um, because we're up against those networks, the studios, TV channels, you name it. It's easy. It's free. Just hit five star, subscribe, tell a friend, write a review, and include your real name and your podcast name. If you're a podcaster, I'll include that. And please share an episode or two. 
A lot of the cases that we cover are unsolved, so please help victims' families get justice. Investigators, until next time. Hey!